Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. On this Ash Wednesday, it's appropriate for us to turn our attention to the subject of suffering in the life of our Savior, of course, but also as we experience it uh, in lives as his followers. So today we turn back to the first epistle of St. Peter, chapter 5, verses 10 to 11. May the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God. In the name of our Lord God, who has said, I have plans for you, plans for your welfare and not for evil, dear friends in Christ. As we've seen, human plans often have unintended consequences, and sometimes these consequences can be extreme and far-reaching. Witness the so-called Duplessis effect in Canada, In 1940, Roman Catholic orphanages and hospitals began to receive subsidies from the Canadian government. So much per child, so much per patient. But there was an important difference. Turns out that patients of psychiatric hospitals received over twice as much money as the children in the orphanages. Well, Quebec Governor Maurice Duplessis wanted to provide more resources for the children. So he did something that seemed like a good idea at the time. He had all the orphanages redesignated as psychiatric hospitals and all the orphans diagnosed as mentally ill. There was now a lot more money for the children, but the passing years revealed a nightmare of unintended consequences. The children were now residents of mental institutions, And in those institutions, there was much abuse. Uh, Orphanages now were filled with children who had been diagnosed as mentally ill, and many of them would spend the rest of their lives trying to overcome the stigma of being mentally deficient. These were outcomes so extreme and devastating that the governor's name was ever after associated with unintended consequences. So we've been asking the question, Is it even possible to have plans for the future and get all the intended consequences and none of the unintended? Yes, it is, if those plans come from God. Because our gracious Lord doesn't make any mistakes like that. Our theme is God's intended consequences. And here's the third outcome you can absolutely rely on. Endure suffering and God will establish you. This last part of chapter 5 in Peter's first epistle may be the hardest part for you and me to swallow. Endure suffering and God will establish you, Peter says. May the Lord, may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. That's probably not exactly what we'd like to hear when we're suffering, is it? Imagine if you were sick and somebody sent you a card that read, best wishes for your eventual recovery, but first I wish that you might have some suffering. 
we might not be too happy to get a card like that because our prayer is always that God would relieve our suffering immediately, isn't it? But that's not always the best thing for us spiritually, and the Lord knows that. Don't act like this is something strange, Peter said earlier. This is an intended consequence of God. This is what the Christian life is. It's challenges, it's trials, it's difficulties, and yes, sometimes it's suffering. Does the Bible say we must, through many beds of roses and much smooth sailing, enter into the kingdom of heaven? Uh, No. The Bible says this, we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes our Lord allows suffering into our lives with the specific intention of strengthening our faith, of kicking out the crutches, as sainted professor Paul Sullivan would often tell us. Its purpose is to draw us closer to our Lord and to lead us to rely solely upon him. But we don't always see it that way. In your suffering, you might be tempted to think that God hates you, or that God is somehow punishing you when the truth is exactly the opposite. Scripture says, Whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and disciplines every son whom he receives. Today, of course, is the confluence of two occasions. It's both Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday, kind of a rare confluence. It's only happened four times in the last century. will only happen once more in this century. But it's interesting that both occasions inform us of different aspects about suffering. Valentinus was a third century evangelist in the city of Rome. Legend has it that when Emperor Claudius II ordered him to stop preaching about Jesus and he refused, the emperor ordered him to be executed by being beaten to death with clubs. It's Ash Wednesday too, of course, a time when we begin to focus on the passion, the sufferings, and the death of our Lord Jesus. Because there was a punishment for your sin, an awful and fearsome punishment. But God in his mercy decreed that that punishment should fall upon his innocent son rather than upon you. Uh, A little earlier in the first epistle of Peter, the apostle, Apostle tells us that Jesus Christ bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Yes, the punishment fell upon him. So all that's left for you is the grace, the forgiveness, the peace, and the salvation. And if God does allow suffering to enter into your life, you can rest assured that it's no more than the loving chastening from the hand of your heavenly Father, who always applies just the right amount of discipline at just the right time in the lives of his dear children. So what's Peter saying? In effect, he's saying, hang in there. When suffering comes, endure it with patient hope. Because this is another of God's intended consequences. After you've been disciplined by the hard times, Peter says, God will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. The picture is of the foundation of a building laid solidly on the bedrock, established, that won't be shaken but will endure forever. 
you, of course, won't have to endure forever. The Apostle Paul says, our light affliction is but for a moment and is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Our true life, our eternal life, is hidden with our Savior Jesus in heaven. It was the poet Robert Burns who once said, the best laid schemes of mice and men gang aft aglay. I won't attempt the Scottish accent, but I think you get the drift. We are frail humans, and our actions, well-intentioned though they may be, often have unintended consequences. Our plans often fail. How comforting to know that God's plans never fail. What a relief to realize that when it comes to the big things in our lives, the really important things, they can't gang a glay. For the consequences that God wills for your life are all intended and they're all good. Peter's taught you a few of them. Humble yourself and God will exalt you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Endure suffering and God will establish you. But if three things are too hard to remember, maybe we can reduce that to just one. For the best intended consequence of them all lies in the simple words of the Apostle Paul to the jailer at Philippi. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Amen. We'll conclude with the singing of the first three stanzas of hymn 756.